Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I was nervous. <laughs> I was nervous because I didn't know what to expect. And it was the Christmas dinner. And I was like, what if somebody's going to say, oh, my God, over my dead body. Boom. You know, some drama. But no, I feel like everybody was so nonchalant about yeah. it. Your family is so chill. They didn't care. Yeah. They're like, whatever. It's Today, we are excited to be joined by Elysia. She is the host of Nope, We're Not Monogamous podcast. So that is an awesome podcast. Check it out if you have not already. And she is an integrated sex, love, and relationship coach with Tantric Institute of Integrated Sexuality. Uh, and then we are going to, we are collaborating with Elysia today and She's going to be sharing this podcast also with her audience. So just a little introduction. We are Thruple Talk podcast, and we're Thruple that all lives together out in Texas and raising kids together. And when we started on this journey, we didn't have any resources. So we are in a position where we can be public with what we're doing here and wanted to share our experiences and hopefully bring hope, help, and community to others who are challenging these social norms and finding relationship structures that best suit each of us. Mm, yes. Hello. Oh. So thank you so much for meeting with us and collaborating with us on this. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for thanks for inviting me. This is fantastic. So we, what we wanted to cover today is we wanted to give listeners who want to come out about being polyamorous. We wanted to help with that because that's a big deal. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people don't know what to say. So we want to kind of pick your brain a little bit and see what you, you know, what uh, advice you have to offer on that subject. Sure. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to talk about it. <laughs> awesome. So to start, do you want to give us a little bit of background on you, like where you're coming from, your journey, um, and if you have any personal experiences that you want to talk about with coming out to family, friends, loved ones? Hmm. So I was uh, previously married for 13 years monogamously, you know, had two kids, house, the whole thing. Um, and when I got divorced for a whole host of reasons, um, I was like, well, I don't want to do that again. I, I don't want to be monogamous again. I don't want to find another the one. Uh, and then 13 years later, do that again. So I knew I didn't want to be monogamous. Um, but I didn't know what that looked like. I didn't know anyone who was polyamorous. I didn't know anyone who was like, had an open relationship. I didn't know anyone who was a swinger, like had no idea. I was like, well, I'll just, I'll just be slutty and honest about it. Cause that <laughs> seems like the right thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, and then three months later I met my second husband, uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> and, and uh, on our, after our first date, he was like, this is everything I've been looking for. And I was like, nope, not me. Sorry, bud. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> and he was like, no, 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 you don't understand. I, I would like, keep doing what you're doing. Do all the things. Like I'm dating a couple. My uh, first true love lives in uh, several States away. Um, I, I think I'm polyamorous. And I was like, I don't know what that is. That sounds crazy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
and also your confidence is a, a huge turn on. So, okay. Um, and so I, you know, fell in love and then went, oh shit, I got to figure out how to actually do this, how to, uh, not feel jealous and possessive and fall back in, into all of the, mm-hmm. um, monogamous ideals that, um, I felt trapped to in the past and, and felt literally trapped. Um, so we started doing that, that work together. And, um, some of my big concerns were, you know, parenting, like, like my ex-husband, cause we had a contentious divorce and I was like, you know, he's, he's, you know, what if he finds out? What if he tries yeah. to say I'm a bad parent or some sort of deviant and tries to take my kids away? You know, so there were a lot of concerns there. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I have just always been very open, right? Like I, I grew up in a very sex positive household. And so I was fairly honest with everyone in my life. I mean, I wasn't like shouting it from the rooftops uh, and telling, you know, like like people who like my clients and stuff, because at the time I owned a salon. And, uh, you know, so I was, I was also worried about like, what if what if the community finds out? What if uh, my clients find out and don't come and come and work with me? Yeah. You know, so there, there were concerns, but also not as many as a lot of people have to deal with. Right. I wasn't worried about getting fired. I was self-employed. Um, I wasn't worried about being shunned by my family because they just didn't care. So so I, I didn't have the same concerns that many people have. And also there were so many fears. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I feel like we definitely had a similar um, experience. Just like I was also raised in a family that was very sex positive, And my mom always taught me to do whatever I feel that is right for me and not judge or let others judge me. And uh, I, I don't have any kids. And obviously that was not a problem for me. But definitely the uh, the judgy part of the society where uh, anything that was outside the house always affected me. I still was concerned about that. So like you you say, I didn't shout it like, hey, here I am. But at the same time, I didn't necessarily hit it. I treated it very normally. And you had mentioned, I believe that you had a you did have a custody battle that was affected by your polyamory. Correct. Yeah. Are you? Yeah. yeah. Are, you, are you okay <laughs> talking about that a little bit? Totally. Totally. Yeah. Um, and, and actually it wasn't with my kids. Uh, so, I, uh, my husband and I have been, um, together for about 10 years now and have never been monogamous together, um, and have multiple other relationships, um, including we have a triad what? or, um, you know, thruple. You yes. know what? I have to tell you guys how much I dislike the word thruple. <laughs> 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 and I'll tell you why, because, uh, we were watching a show. Like the first time I had heard it was that show, you, me, her which is just like, uh, it's a fun show, but a really terrible representation of polyamory. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> and that was the first time I heard that word. And and I was like, what are they just, just like couple, but like three. Yes. And, then, um, and then the second time I heard it was actually in court. That's the word that the judge used uh-huh. yes. to describe our, our relationship style. And I was like, oh, oh. And we use triad. And I think thruple probably fits, especially for like a closed triad, but we're not uh-huh. closed. Like we, we have multiple other partners. Um, and so every time I'm just like, <sighs> oh, yes, yeah. it's a negative connotation for you. I get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also we, we, ha- we also have one for, for seven years. Um, we've, um, been with our girlfriend who also has a husband of 20 years. So like, wow. um, you know, it's, it's really dynamic. And so 
our custody suit was not with my children, but with my husband's children. And um, his his ex-spouse, she was using our polyamory as a reason to say that um, their their child should not spend more time with us. Right. And it was because their child had met our girlfriend mm. who, who is a part of our family, right? Like yeah. mm -hmm. she's a part of our family. Um, and, it, and so, so we went to court and they did the, you know, the whole investigation, a guardian ad litem, someone came and talked to both families, all the kids. Um, and, you know, we're lucky enough that we do live in a, a pretty liberal area and our judge was a gay man who has three children with his husband, you know? So like, it, it was not the response that she expected. Right. Yeah. You got lucky. And yeah. <laughs> they were like, we don't see the problem here. Don't do sexy things in front of kids. That's standard, right? Like right. normal common sense stuff. Yes. <laughs> sure. We can write that into the parenting plan. And now you have no concern, other parent. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Good. Well, yeah. I'm happy yeah. that the outcome was positive. Yes. This is good. Yeah. Yeah. I know that yeah, is, yeah. It, it that is something really that I keep, I have been wondering um, because you keep hearing like, oh, well, it's not protected. It can be used against you in custody suits and employers can fire you over all right. that stuff. But I've been curious to find out if anyone has personally experienced these things, especially in recent years. So I guess if you're listening to this right now and you have heard some, you know, have been affected by the lack of protections for being polyamorous. Um, we'd love to hear from you in comments or via email. If you don't want to talk about it publicly, um, throupletalk at gmail.com. Um, we'd love to hear stories. And yeah, I mean, part of the reason that we're doing this is to hopefully get these things legally protected. So relationship dynamics don't impact uh, things that they shouldn't. Yes. Elisa, have you ever had any of this come up with any of your clients? A lot of them are, you know, moving from the monogamous paradigm to the non-monogamous paradigm in one way or another, right? Or or shifting from one, one non-monogamous style to another. So usually they're like in transition, right? Mm. Um, so uh, unwinding some of the monogamous conditioning that's, that, and part of that is like, what is everyone going to say? What kind of judgment am I going to be faced with? Am right. I going to be ostracized and like left to wander the desert alone to mm -hmm. starve to death? Yeah. Right? <laughs> like the fears like aren't, aren't, yeah. they seem logical, but really there's such like base primal survival mm -hmm. fears. Yes. Um, right. And so like people moving from monogamy to non-monogamy or even people who are like, you know, moving from swinging to polyamory who are like, you know, we felt fine about it when, when it was just sex, but now that there's emotions involved and now that there's like people that I might want to actually spend time with, with my family or right. out in public, them. what are people going to say? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I've, I work with this with a lot of my clients and I think that the, the big thing that it always comes back to is like, what are your values and your beliefs? And does this fear or this concern about what people will say um, line up with what is true for you? Or, and are you feeling ashamed of something that you're doing? 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, very interesting. Yes, if you have, if you believe that this is the way for you and this is the right way for you, I think it's so much easier to just move forward and disregard what anybody from outside your close uh, family and friends think of you. Yeah, and anybody that's going to hate on you that's a family or friend, I mean, is that really somebody you want to keep in your life? Right. When you're living your life, your best self, the best version of yourself? Right, exactly, like, yeah. I, I, I get it hiding from the employer because, I mean, you everybody's got to make it. Right, that's completely different, yeah. Uh, but yeah, as far as family and friends are concerned. I, right, right. So when you decide to hide such an important part of yourself from somebody who's close to you and they're supposed to love you as you are, you basically decide to just not be loved them it's time to find a new tribe yeah <laughs> for me i am the only one in this group that's not really completely out um i told my parents in person um during the last conversation that i had with my mom face to face and in my attempt to come out of the closet i think i ended up just pulling her in the closet with me <laughs> it was like they're very religious um and uh, you don't want to call somebody narrow-minded, but no other word is coming to mind right now. Um, so they know, um, they don't know about this podcast and they've never asked about live or our family dynamics or anything like that. Um, but they know that we moved to Texas from California to be a family. And, um, and I love, I love my family. I have a huge extended family. We all have been very close. Um, my family is very well known in the community I came from, like enough that my grandfather has a government building named after him. So it was like it coming out in that community could have been a black eye to a lot of them. It's like I, I wrestle with this just being known and giving them the opportunity to fully know me and love me and also bringing this like shame on them because they're all, you know, they're all Catholic and Christian and it's just, it's, you know, it's something that I struggle with. So I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is or if there is a right and wrong answer in this scenario. That's acceptance, where I'm Absolutely. Acceptance Absolutely. and tolerance. That's the right answer. Stop being so judgy. Yeah. Not you, but everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's totally understandable to want to protect the people that you love on both sides. Yeah. Right. So for me, uh, I grew up with the same kind of conservative uh, Christian background as Char did, but uh, I, we did a nice Christmas dinner uh, last year and uh, Liv was there making most of the dinner. And so I waited till after everybody got a chance to meet her and liked her that said, oh, by the way, <laughs> and just spread it. Every, after, every, after I made him some nice strawberry margaritas, yeah. everybody was happy. Everybody was well liquored up and fed and fat and happy. And <laughs> Would you like some pie, by the way? You know, like, I figured that was the best. Yes, uh, yes. Way Guess to roll what? Out she, she's part of the family now. So. <laughs> it, it went really, I was nervous. I was nervous. 
stressed because I didn't know what to expect. And it was the Christmas dinner. And I was like, what if somebody's going to say, oh, my God, over my dead body. Boom. You know, some drama. But no, I feel like everybody was so nonchalant about yeah. it. Your family is so chill. They didn't care. They're like, it's a huge family. But yeah, they're totally chill. Give them some liquor. and <laughs> Yes, it's <was> really good. <laughs> yes. Well, on the other side, when I met your mom, Shar, it was very awkward it yeah. was so and that was before weird. they even knew <laughs> yeah and then afterwards it was this weird like oh. <laughs> yeah, we never actually had a conversation yeah right, that i can recall no. right no, we were just we were in the same room together at the same time just stares from across the room so yeah there was some weirdness i'm like oh yeah. <laughs> I, I wanted to right away and she probably wanted to do the same thing her mom so <laughs> like who is this woman in, <laughs> yes. in, my, in my daughter's house <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, and for me, like, so I'm originally from Romania, so my mom lives in Romania, but uh, I, I don't think I ever came out to her, like, because I've always had this non-traditional way of, of looking at relationships, and partly because of her, because that's how she raised me, you know, just do you. So it never, I never felt like I had to tell her, hey, mom, well, I'm in a throuple now, or hey, mom, I like women too, or what? What any of that? It was just like, oh yeah, you have a girlfriend, good, okay, nice. <laughs> you happy? Yes, okay, good. I'm happy too. Then, so that was that's about the extent of the, our conversation about it. We treat it very normal. It's a very casual thing for us. Lisa, do you know anybody uh, personally that's ever come out and like lost their job or had any uh, type of legal consequences for it? I know it's a huge fear for everybody, but I don't, I haven't heard it firsthand, at least mm -hmm. personally, that that's mm -hmm. ever been an issue. Yeah. Yeah. You hear the fear, but not I actually don't. Yeah. yeah. I actually don't. Even my, my husband was in the military for 20 years and that's, I mean, that's a, a big no, no. And he was like, I can't like, <laughs> I remember one Christmas party, his boss was saying like, okay, you're going to bring your wife to the Christmas party. He's like, well, I have two partners. I want to bring them both. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And his boss was like, well, you can't do that. You have to pick one. He's like, well, I'm not coming. He's like, but you have to set an example for your, for the guys <laughs> under you, below you, you know? Yeah, he's, like, I, like, well, he's like, I am. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. This is what you should strive for. <laughs> Plus ones yeah. don't work for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, he was in the being he was a queer man uh, in a polyamorous relationship in the military for the last, you know, ten years. So yeah, wow, awesome. I like it. Yeah, still didn't this, lose his job. <laughs> yeah, good, good. I, I like to hear that. I feel like uh, I'm not saying the fear of losing your job when you're poly is unjustified, but I feel like it's not something that people would necessarily haunt you for it. Did I say that word correctly? Okay, but uh, I it's uh, something that if you step on the wrong toes, somebody can right. use against you. And I feel like that's mm -hmm. like like the custody situation, you know? Yeah. Yes, you are Paul, and they didn't get what they wanted, but they used it against you. It's a weapon that you give people. Yeah. yeah. And that feels awful too, like whether they win or not, like being judged, torn, torn apart and judged for something that is such a big part yeah. of you is yeah, it makes it feel like it's something dirty like it's something exactly. like oh so you did this then you're not good we're gonna take your kids away or whatever yeah yeah it's really stressful and yeah. also really inexpensive yeah right exactly yes because you yeah you do win in the end but how much money did you spend yeah, for the lawyers and for justifying or and protect and defending your way of life that is not even this is yeah. not even supposed to be a conversation this is your personal yeah. choice which is you know like that's there's so many pieces to it. There's not just the like sense of safety and belonging. Uh, there's yeah, like economic 
mm-hmm. economic repercussions, even if you're, you know that you're not in the wrong, right. it can still cost a lot. Yes. Yeah. One of our listeners wrote in, it was like, uh, I forget what state they were from, but uh, the law. Georgia, I think. I can't remember which one it was, but the law of the state was even if they just cohabitated yeah. with another person. Yeah. It was like, what? Yeah, it How was archaic illegal. is this law? Yeah, it was yeah. some old law. It was yeah, the bigamy laws include just cohabitating with a married person. That's extreme. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to see them enforce that law. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing. Maybe they wouldn't, but if somebody wants to hurt you, yeah. they can use that. Yeah. They can use it to hurt you. Yeah. Well, if it happens, we will start the GoFundMe. That's we will get right. yes. to a national case. Alicia, do you have any tips for any listeners that are thinking about coming out or want to come out, but don't know the best way to go about that or things to consider? Yeah, so many. Awesome. <laughs> yes. Yes. So many. Fire away. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, one, like I said earlier, is knowing your, like, like having clarity about what your beliefs and values are, right? Like that alone, if you're unsure, like if you're, you're questioning, am I doing something wrong or is this really what I want to be doing? Right. If you're in that questioning of, uh, that makes it a lot harder to stand firm, uh, and, and, you know, open up to people for something that you're like, I'm not even sure if this is what I want to be doing. Right. <laughs> yes. That's a good so, point. <laughs> so really like, like, yeah, like, like a lot of self-reflection and getting clarity on, on, on what is true for you is probably the very first step. And that makes it a lot easier to then be able to communicate that to people, you know, friends, family, bosses, whatever. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then. And then beyond that, there's a couple of things that I think are really important is um, having knowledge, right? Because knowledge is power. So educate yourself, listen to this podcast, you know, listen to mm-hmm. uh, my podcast, uh, read books, um, talk, talk to people, get more information for yourself and that you can share with people to explain why you're making the the relationship choices you're making or the lifestyle choices that you're making, Um if there was and one book, you could uh, recommend which one would it be? Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't have it right here. I did. Um, it is, uh, there's there's one that, wait, one for for educating yourself? Yes. Or um, honestly, like my, like my favorite broad spectrum, like, like really getting clear on why you're doing what you're doing and what makes it okay is really, I I always go back to the ethical slut. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. I read that. I always go back to the ethical slut because it it really just encompasses so much and, and addresses so many things around um, like what, why, why do you believe that this is good or bad? What are Mm -hmm. your values? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was a very good book. Yeah. I think it's one of the first books I read as soon as I decided that, that I, as soon as I realized that I'm non-monogamous. It was it was a great yeah. first book to read. Yeah, that was my first one too. Yeah. And uh, it's been revised since then and I always go back to mm-hmm. it. Yeah, maybe yeah. I need to go back to it. <laughs> read it again. <laughs> yes. Reread. Yes. Um, and, then, and then there's another one. You asked about books. There's another one that... Um, is by Dr. Elizabeth Sheff that is, um, uh, so I think it's so someone you love is polyamorous. I think that I heard about yes. Yeah, but yeah. I think it's out of print. Yeah, that it? one's out of print. They've even taken it off of Audible. Oh, so I, I got it on Audible, 
like it's on the website a year or two ago. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. So I, I have access to it through my audible, but like the link doesn't work. Yeah. Mm, you can't, you can't still buy it. So I'm pretty sure she has it on her website and that's Dr. Elizabeth chef. Okay. And that's a okay. tiny little book. That's like, I don't know, like 60 pages or something that yeah. just like breaks down polyamory for people who have no idea what it is. I remember really liking it. Cause yeah, exactly. It was written. If I remember right, it's written with the intention of when you do come out, you can hand this book to your loved one and be like, well, this is, this kind of explains who I am and where I'm coming from. So yeah. Explains polyamory. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's a good one. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll link that in the comments. I, I, I wonder, uh, I wanted to ask you, Alicia, like, uh, what is in your opinion now? So you're pretty much out. Everybody knows who you are oh, yeah. and yeah. like, what is the best thing about it? Like something mm -hmm. that like you encounter every day and you're thinking, oh my God, if I wouldn't have been out, this would have been bad. Like, I'm so happy I did it. Mm, that's a great question. I am can't be dishonest. <laughs> right. Like, okay. So like, the, like no stress about having to lie, right? Like having to hide something. Yeah. Like being able to be myself, right? Just being myself, being able to be loving with my partners, um, being able to be, you know, I have my whole family together, my kids and, mm -hmm. and, you know, my three partners can all hang out together. My right. parents and, and like, we can have big barbecues and have everyone over. Like, so it's not a big integrating deal. everyone. Yeah. Like, yeah. Living the life as you yeah. see fit. And the lying part, I definitely get it because I am not completely out, out with my colleagues at work, but I find myself saying different things to different people. And then I'm like, not lies, but like half truths to everyone. And then I'm like, what did I tell that person? And what did I tell that person? Like, this is so confusing. Like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like everybody, they're all my partner. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know who I'm actually I talking who about. You talk about. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely the hardest part for me too. Like being here in Texas, there's a lot of family that I don't get to see and I miss. And I think like, oh, I want to call them and you know find out how they're doing. Like especially like my grandma, she's 90, and I just we always spent every Christmas with her. So right now, I don't know when our listeners are going to be watching this, but right now we're two weeks out from Christmas and. I was thinking last night, like, oh, I want to call my grandma and catch up and see how she's doing. Like, but she's going to ask how I'm doing. And this, you know, then you got to really tell her what you've been doing. The podcast and everything is such a big part of my life. It's like, I feel like I'm going to be lying to her if I'm like, yeah, so I don't know. I'm just, I'm busy yeah. doing right. stuff. Do you do? So, um, yeah, you're right. Like, our yeah. relationship is uh, like, I'm like, what, 90% of everything that we do all the time yeah. because we are doing the podcast and the relationship is the podcast. They're all kind of a, a group yeah. together. Yeah. So if somebody from outside would ask you what you're doing and you don't want to tell them about the fact that you're polyamorous, right. then what are you going to talk about? Yeah. yeah. Or even with my parents, like, so what have you been up to? Like, yeah, just super busy. Stuff. And like, even though they know, they don't know about the podcast. And yeah. I think it would just ruin, the, I think it would ruin their whole Christmas. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> they did know. So. But yeah, I definitely understand that. Like having just, it's the thought of having the entire family together for Christmas dinner or barbecue or anything and everybody knows everybody and everybody accepts everybody it's just like it's nice it's yeah. a nice cozy feeling yeah that yeah. is definitely a good reason to bring to to be truthful yeah. and come out of the closet yeah, yeah. for me I, I just don't even have a choice it's i can't just practice open honest communication i practice radical <laughs> honesty because 
I had a uh, traumatic ba- uh, brain injury uh, in the war. And so I can't ever remember what I said. So I just have to be honest all the time. Or I would get caught in a lie so fast. So I, I'm just straight up with everybody all the time. And it works. I, I, I think it works for most people that, that operate that way. Mm-hmm. There's, there's such a freedom too. And like, it's so awesome to meet new people. Like one of the great things that has come from moving to Texas is that all of our friends that we've met here all know us completely. You know, they just know us as the thruple. And there's a, a different level of friendship that you have with people that you can just be totally open and yourself with. So, yes. You used to trigger word thruple. Thruple. Sorry. <laughs> Whoops. Our, our podcast is thruple. thruple. Stop <laughs> saying it. Look at her. She's getting ed- agitated. <laughs> oh I love it. That's amazing. <laughs> So, you know, that's you, you bring up a really good point there. I think that that's really important is having, having community, having friends, having other people who are having similar experiences and, and going, going through uh, similar challenges and, and having people that accept you like that's probably one of the most helpful things when you feel alone and like, you're the only, I mean, we're the only ones doing this. We're the freaks, you know, mm-hmm, like yeah. that makes it way more scary to come out. But when you open up a little bit more and you find community you and you realize like, Oh, we're actually not the only You're ones. Not alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're not yeah. alone. That's right. Super helpful. Then it's so much easier. Yeah. 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 We, we had a community in when we lived in California and we moved out here right. and I, I'd say the first half of the year, we were just by ourselves and right away we we're like, all right, we got to connect right yeah, away. Like right. this is very, a very lonely feeling out here being out yeah. here without uh, our own tribe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Sacramento had the biggest polyamorous community I have ever seen. Yeah. I was giant. Yeah. Yeah. And here Houston, it's more like a swinging community. And then the polyamory community is like integrated within the swinging community because it doesn't, they don't, we don't have a standalone side, I feel, yeah. but it is probably one of the biggest in the country. Mm-hmm. Houston is huge for yeah. any non-monogamous type of relationships. Yeah. Even though we are in the Bible belt. Yeah, you know, here the, there's a church and a gas station at every corner here, but everybody's all still has their freak flag flying. <laughs> But yeah, once you come out and you realize and you have that fear, oh, like like you were saying, I'm going to be ostracized. I'm going to be thrown out. And like, uh, it's that that uh, basic uh, fundamental fear that you're going to be kicked out of the tribe. So you're not going to survive on your own. So you're being kicked out of the monogamous tribe. And then you just discover that there's another tribe. There's the polyamorous tribe, the ethically non-monogamous tribe, whatever, all kinds. And uh, you find new family chosen family, yeah. uh, new new friends, and you're not alone and everything just makes sense. All of a sudden, you're not that freak anymore. Yeah. yeah. I noticed too, right away when you start, you know, when you meet people and you tell them uh, about your relationships, they really just don't care. They, they kind of raise it. They're like, oh, okay. And they just move on with their life. It's like, it's yeah. not what you think, the reactions you think you're going to well, get. Well, it's definitely like, so nobody's going to tell you, oh my God. They're not going to start throwing that rocks guy? at you. No, like, <laughs> absolutely not. But then you see people that uh, purposefully don't ask any follow-up questions because they are uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. You may and not get invited over their barbecue. You may not but. get invited again. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Which is fine. You yeah. don't want to hang out with those people anyway. I, was exactly. I don't want to go so to that barbecue somebody. anyway. <laughs> yeah. All right. What other tips do we have here for our listeners? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, um, one of the other things I want to add to that is, um, and I think that this is just naturally a part of this journey is getting comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm. Mm. 
Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dealing with big emotions and lots of emotional processing, I think, is a part of the journey and um, is is actually really helpful practice for dealing with the big feelings that come along uh, with the idea of opening up like fear or anxiety um, is is like take care of yourself and take care of your emotions and your emotional well-being um, and and learning how to like regulate your nervous system and being able to soothe yourself and have um, being able to resource yourself in in whatever you find to be safe um, so that when you are stepping out of your comfort zone and you're you're pushing through to like have that big conversation with someone, um, you have the resources to fall back on and take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. Super, super helpful. That's a good advice. And yeah. that episode we did on jealousy and insecurity, we had a guest on named Mick and he was talking about that. Like whenever he felt uncomfortable, he leaned into it. He's like, what is this feeling? Let's push into this and let's investigate. This yeah. Thing. Find out what, really what is this coming from? Yeah. That's yeah. very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of us aren't, you know, a lot of us aren't um, taught how to deal with big emotions. We we push them down, we push them aside, we ignore mm-hmm. them, we do everything but feel them. Oh, and yeah. when you start, when you practice feeling the big emotions, they get easier and easier. You get more comfortable with being uncomfortable. They get mm-hmm. easier. Mm-hmm. Yes, we live in a society, especially when it comes to negative emotions. We live in a society where negative emotions are not accepted. We always try to like, oh, I'm feeling bad. Let's, let's, let's do something to make myself feel better. So we never actually sit with the negative emotion and find out where, where it's coming from and just get comfortable with it. Get comfortable in that awkward silence after you tell someone you're polyamorous. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. All right. This is what we're doing now. (laughs) Is there anything else? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, you know, again, just staying true to yourself, like, like really just, knowing that like this is your life you're you're living it for you you're not living it for other people like do what works for you and your relationships rather than people that aren't even in your relationship mm-hmm. and be patient patience is um you know like everyone has their their immediate reaction and then they go away and process it and then they have experiences and then they see that yes. you're still happy and and their uh, original opinion is likely to change Yes, yeah. that's very true. Right. So this is something speaking about this is your life and uh, you live it for yourself. This is not how I saw society where I was raised, where you live your life for your family and you have your kids, not so they can have a life. You have your kids for you, what they can do for you. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, I want kids. I'm going to have kids and they have to do what I want and they have to take care of me when I grow old and all this stuff. So definitely the type of society I was raised was not, you don't live your life for yourself. You live it for your family. So in that situation, I can see how really difficult it would be to completely disconnect yourself from that mentality and from that way of living when you don't fit with your family. I mean, I don't know how it's here, but I think there's a lot of families like that here as well. Yes. Yeah. yeah having your family is a huge part of your identity. Right. Yeah. right. Yeah. If, you're, if they don't like something that you do, that's it. It's all ruined. You have to forget about everything and just be with them and be like them. It's really hard. It, it really kind of like, especially when you look at, uh, you know, unhealthy family dynamics that get passed down the line. Um, and and if you you have this awareness of like, okay, here's how I want to live my life. Here's the things that bring me joy. 
And I don't want to live my life. I don't want to follow the example that's been set for me. Mm -hmm. And I still love my family. I still care deeply for my family. And, you know, there might be guilt. There might be shame. There might be, uh, you know, this feeling of, of just doing something wrong. And yet the, the alternative to living your life in the way that makes you happy is to just be miserable so that, and follow the path of like other miserable people. Mm -hmm. Right. Because, that's just what you're expected to do. <laughs> yep. and, yeah. that's, and I think that's what we see most people around us doing or at least attempting yeah. to do. Yeah, it drives me nuts. Why do people care so much about what people think? Yeah. Why? And oftentimes it's people that they really don't even care about that much, you know? Yeah, yeah I think yeah. it's what I was saying initially. It's the whole tribe mentality. If the tribe doesn't like you and they don't accept you, they will kick you out and you will die alone. Yeah. You know, nobody's yeah. going to like, well, hunt, whatever, gather, because like it's a whole, the power is in the tribe, you know? So I think it's a very um, um, animal type of thinking. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And when you are in a tribe, even though you see other people all around you, it's really hard to imagine that you're going to find a tribe that, is better for you. You right. start your own tribe. It's like that uh, yeah. year one movie with Jack Black and they pick him out of the tribe and he's like, I'm starting a new tribe. It's going to be a tribe of awesome danger and danger. fire. And <laughs> awesomeness. <laughs> Which you have to be a very special person yes. to start your own tribe. That's he was a very special person. He was a very special guy. He wasn't good at hunting or gathering. Or they get. said <laughs> that was the only two jobs they had. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh my I think I need to watch that again. That's oh, yeah. it, 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 it really that's what belonging is one of our like base human needs, right? Like, right. We yes. need a sense of belonging. Yes, there you go. You like, that's it, that's what I belong. was trying to say. Yes. Fear. That's that's scary. Yeah. Yes. And, and the other thing I think is really helpful is um you know, this idea of like either you must come out or you must hide it is to really consider like how much like how important are these people to you? Like how much of an impact do they have on your life? Right. If you're someone who talks to your parents once a year, do you right. have to come out to them? If it, if it, you know, like Good point. if you're someone who's really close with your family and really want them to know and accept and understand, then it might be a, you know, a, a learning process or an educating process. Here's here's some things. Here's some thoughts that I have. Here's yes. Some ideas Mom, that Dad, I, have. I, yeah. I picked you, you up a pamphlet I'd like you to read. <laughs> polyamory well, and me. <laughs> no, and you know that is that is a great point because that is one of the reasons that I don't feel like I need to come out to most of my huge family because a lot of them I did only see once a year and it was at the big, you know, Christmas celebration at grandma's house and a, a great example is uh we talk about like giving the people that we love the opportunity to know the true version of us. Well, I got my real estate license in 2008 and was only in real estate for maybe a year, less than two for sure. And even as of last Christmas, I still had aunts and uncles going, yeah, so how have you been? How's the real estate business? I'm like, <laughs> okay, I've had like three careers since then. So <laughs> good talk. Right. So, it, you know. It's, I bet you if you told them you were in a throuple, they'd remember that right. shit. <laughs> I guarantee you they would. <laughs> That's the new thing they'd ask you every Christmas right now. What's going on way over there, huh? Uh, the most yeah. interesting thing that happened in the family in yeah. the last decade. Yeah. It would, yes. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Well, Alicia, 
It has been awesome talking with you today. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us. And if our listeners want to get in touch with you, what is the best way to reach out to you? Sure, sure. Thank you. Uh, so my website is aliciapain.com and I'm on all the social media places, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and it's, they're all Elysia Pain. And yeah. my podcast is, nope, we're not monogamous. Yeah, yeah well, we'll make sure to include <laughs> links to all of these yes. in the description cool. yes. of our video. You for can sure. find Thrubble Talk on MySpace. <laughs> that's still Am I in your top eight? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm only friends with Tom. He's the only one still in on there with me. What are you talking about? <laughs> I remember Tom. He was everybody's friend. If you signed up, you got to be I friends with Tom. I never did MySpace. <laughs> I didn't either. Oh, no. <laughs> I stayed on it. I would refuse to get on Facebook. There was really a Tom? Yeah. Oh. I think he's the guy yes. that created it. Right? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, it has been just wonderful chatting with you today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. This is so fun. You guys are amazing. I'm so happy you're doing this. <laughs>